Welcome to TAD Talks, the source for information, news, and best practices for career and workforce professionals. Taking the mystery out of career development for you and your customers. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of TAD Talks. everybody. Welcome to TAD Talks. It has been a long time since we have uh, done an episode. My name is Tressa Dorsey. I am the president of TAD Grants and with me today, as always, my partner in crime, the greatest, the bestest from the great white north, A.A. Ron Lesson. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, Tressa. Thanks for uh, that excellent introduction. It is my pleasure to spend this Friday post morning with you in bright, sunny, actually 90 degree humid Battle Creek, Michigan, for sure. 90 degrees. Are you okay up there? Are you going to (laughs) melt? Well, I just don't go outside. And I know, I know it's probably 105 for you today or something, but Yep. Yeah. About 105, but it's a dry heat, you know, so I get it. So it'll be <laughs> I fine. I never it'll understood fine. that. We have listeners right now. They'll be like, oh, well, you just haven't been to Arizona and Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fine. Matter of fact, you know this, I just got back uh, late last night, early this morning from Charleston, South Carolina, which is a great city. And just a shout out to the SC works there in Hanahan. It just uh, was a fantastic training. We did business services with individuals from all around the state of South Carolina, as well as Maryland and a lone individual from Oklahoma. But it was just a fantastic two days. And I'm definitely glad to be home. But it's funny because they said it is just so humid here. And then someone yesterday as I was leaving said, it's not like a dry heat. (laughs) I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I'm with you. You know, people say that to me all the time. Yeah, but in California, you have that dry heat. And I'm like, look, 105 is 105. I don't know what to tell you. But either you know, it's uncomfortable, right? I mean, I don't care how you slice the pie. Although I will say this, the only nice thing about the dry heat is when you shower, you stay dry. It's not like you shower and then you go out and you're like wet again. So oh, I, yeah. do, I no, do appreciate like here. that. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> exactly. You ever yeah. have that? You get out of the shower and yep. then you're like, you're sweating worse than you ever did in life. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's like when we went to Key West, I, I remember that it was like, I showered and I was like, oh, it's just so nice. And I, and I got out and I put on my clothes and I'm like, wow. And I just am still wet again. Okay. Yeah, so dried off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why even bother? Right. <laughs> so it's interesting. So I know there's um, about our four fans that listen to Tad Talks are very excited that we're back. Um, one of them is Jeff out in at EPG in Maryland. So Jeff, this one's for you. I know you've been waiting with bated breath for a very long time, but uh, unfortunately, and Unfortunately, you know, it's one of those things. We've been very, very busy, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also takes away from some of the other things that we like to do. And we finally, I know you got in at four o'clock this morning, so you're exhausted. So I appreciate that uh, we could actually do this for the next 30 minutes or so, because we've been having discussions as we've been doing a lot of trainings and working with different boards and looking at strategic planning and, and all the things that we do. And leadership continues to be something that is not just a topic, I think, for us, but it's a topic that is coming up more and more as we're kind of moving through the post-pandemic process and, and trying to find out kind of what's separating people uh, and workforce boards from one another uh, in the path of success and outcomes and things like that. So we've been talking about that and really it's Leadership Month which I didn't even know that there was a month, but apparently there is a month where you celebrate leadership. There's a month for everything, I guess. I'm just, right, not, sure I'm just not in, I'm just not in the know, you know, I'm just, I'm oh, not that too. hip. 
we're struggling there. Yeah, we're... if it doesn't come up on the calendar, honestly, I wouldn't know much. I mean, I, there's there are some days I'm sure, like today, you probably feel this way where you're like, I don't even know what day it is. Like, I don't no, know what, right. so what's I, happening here. No. <laughs> I ventured a few state, <laughs> right? Yeah, Just happy yeah. to be home. That's it. So, so in that light, I think that today's topic we're going to kind of kick off is is talking about leadership, and I wanted to share something. And we were talking about this before we started recording, but I was watching this interview with Steve Jobs and I thought it was really, really interesting. And it it just brought up, you know, I guess it really resonated with me as far as, you know, kind of how to view leadership and, and what it means to manage people and companies and get to a point where you're super successful. And one of the things that he says in this interview, and it's, you can YouTube it, it's actually, I think it's only like about three minutes, this section of it. So really short, but he's talking about, you know, he says, you know, we don't have one committee at Apple. You know, we don't, we don't have any committees. We have people that we hired that we trust to do the work. And those people have teams and we trust them to do that work. And so one of the things that he says, and it's, it's a great quote from this interview, it says, if you want to hire great people and have them start working for you, you have to let them make a lot of decisions and you have to be run by the ideas, not the hierarchy. The best ideas have to win. Otherwise, good people don't stay. And I just, you know, I thought to myself, you can say whatever you want. If you're a, you know, Droid user or a, a Google phone user, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, for you can say what you want about Apple iPhones and their products. But I just thought that that was a really, really poignant thing to say, because I think so often what we're seeing, and we hear this when we get pulled aside at our trainings, is we have a lot of people who are very competent, very dedicated to the work but they really feel as though they aren't in a position where their ideas count or their ideas won't be heard or acted upon. And so when I heard that, I thought, wow, and this guy's, he created something that we all literally can't live without now. You know what I mean? This is something, nice. you know, he was, he was an innovator really. And we've talked about this, you know, cause we do our trainings and stuff, but for, for the people that do listen, all four of them, what do you think kind of like, if you were to say, Hey, these are the three things that we could do like starting tomorrow as a good leader to start fostering better leadership skills and qualities in our staff and our and our colleagues and the people that are that are working uh, within our organizations how do we foster that and what could we do individually and and maybe they're the same thing but what could we do individually to like kind of become the leaders that we would want to follow you know that's a great question and to even limit it to 3 would be probably i would say a little bit difficult because i think there are lots of elements that leaders can take or actions, behaviors, we say actions, behaviors, words, a purpose that a leader can take to essentially reverse the idea that we're hiring people in our in our centers to do certain tasks and we just stick them there and they just need to essentially run an individual through the employment cycle for example or register them get their documents stamp their card push them out right. i think we're past that i don't believe that many areas subscribe to employee empowerment or engagement but let's talk about three things that we believe can start to move the needle in the area of innovation industry that really is kind of uh, static, you know? So mm -hmm. first one, if I'm a leader, which I worked in a one-stop for 10 years and I had all the roles from frontline to employment services, all the programs to running the Tri-County Youth Program as the director of youth services. And what I know for a fact is that when I moved out of the role of being frontline, actually handling a caseload or meeting with customers, and this could be true even with the business 
customers that we serve, I ended up losing the touch that I had of what is going on on the front line. And, and trust, I'll tell you this, I probably didn't know that when I was that leader, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I did that job. I did that job, you know, five years ago for like 10 years. And uh, I can, <laughs> you know, I know what you do. And saying it out loud, there's just a natural, I would say, folly in that reasoning. If you want to start to make a difference and empower employees and create innovation, first step, leaders, reacquaint yourself with what is going on around you. Like schedule time, meaningful time that you can hang out in in the front lobby and you can hang out with the case managers, the career consultants, and you get to feel what it is. And I'm not talking about, oh, 30 minutes at your lunch. I'm saying you schedule a day Mm -hmm. because you want to reacquaint. And I know I've used that word just a second ago, but to see exactly what is going on, what, what are they facing? What does this really feel like? Now, as a leader, you had your time there. It was your experience and there's going to be similarities But we all know, and I don't want to say the pandemic word, but (laughs) we all know things have changed and they've been changing at a pace of three to six months. Mm -hmm. And so leaders, do we know and have you spent time working on that front line? And when I say working, I'm not saying that you take a caseload. I'm saying that you spend time, that you talk to the individuals who are providing those services and that you fully understand what it is they're facing. And hey, we get it. We know that you have your workload, your responsibilities. But part of being in that role as a leader is to have a firsthand understanding of what is happening today with those that you're leading. I completely agree with you. I mean, I think some people hear this and say, I'm a director, I'm a CEO, I'm not going to be doing stuff on the front lines. And it's like, that that's not what we're saying. Again, you, we're not saying go do the work. What we're saying is you could have the best idea in the world, but if you don't get buy-in, it's not going to go very far because there are, you know, you have the idea and then people have to believe in your idea enough to say, yes, I'm going to work toward that on your behalf, on the behalf of this organization so we can better the experience for, for everybody who's interacting with us and connecting with our services or, or our products or whatever it is that you do. So, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I think this is where I see a lot of managers. I'm going to call them managers, not leaders. I see a lot of managers do this. We have an idea. We're going to create a policy. We're going to change the way something is done. But, but we didn't get anybody else's input. We didn't sit down with the people who do the work. We didn't see how the policy change or the project or the implementation or of, of these ideas, we didn't actually see where the impact was going to be. Because like you said, there's, you are far removed at a certain point from the day-to-day operations. And I'm not saying get into the weeds. I'm saying understand what's going to happen. I mean, you know, going back to Steve Jobs, when they have an idea to enhance the iOS software, for instance, or add a feature, they do that with the end user in mind. How is this going to make it easier? How is this going to make their life better? That's a lot of the times, and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slam too much on government here, but a lot of the times when we're working in government ran systems, because it is so prescriptive and because it is so 
I think, limiting in some areas, right? It's it's very, I don't, I don't want to necessarily use the term oppressive, but it's very much, we, we didn't hire you for your ideas. We hired you to complete a task. Right, routine. And we, very much routine. We need you to do these specific functions and that's what we want you to do. And when when you try to say, oh, but I've got this idea, they're like, I'm sorry, that, that's not what we need you to do. We need you to, again, dot the I's, cross the T's, enter things in the, in the database, whatever. And if you go back to this, this idea of leaders kind of reacquainting themselves with day-to-day operations, it's about understanding how these decisions or these initiatives or these projects, what you know, policies are going to impact, you know, how they're going to impact the end user, which is either your business customer or your job seeker. And I think that, you know, to your point, if you're so far removed from the end user, you're not going to see the success, I think, that maybe your idea could have brought if you kind of don't have that connection, you know, at, at least in my opinion. My opinion is probably not worth two cents, but I'm going to share it anyways, because well, it's, it's our 50, podcast 50 that we can't. Cents on this dollar call because it's you and I. So <laughs> Oh, good. There we go. So we it's, run it's this more, thing. Way more valuable now. <laughs> but here's the thing, even with that, it, it really leads me to this second actionable item that a leader can do. It just you've already started even in talking about it. Not only are you going to acquaint yourself or reacquaint yourself or spend purposeful time with those individuals in those different roles, you're then going to involve them with the process. It's bringing them into a place where they have not only the ability to have the freedom to share their ideas, but that it matters. And I can just tell you right now, I violated this at times when I was a manager, I'd be like, hey, let's have a managerial meeting. We'd walk out of that managerial meeting and we're like, we have all these great ideas that you now have to do. And Mm -hmm. the people that I was leading look at me and said, well, that's not going to work. What are you talking about? And then, you know, I was probably a little bit, I wouldn't say too young, but younger version of myself and and not as mature to be able to say, oh, yeah, to put the put it together to say, you're right, I haven't been out there in a while. Mm-hmm. And I didn't involve you at any point in this. And so I think that second element to to growing your organization and making it feel this is a key phrase, Tressa. Employee engagement happens and, and you're like, well, how do we know it happens? Listen to your employees, the people that you lead, when they start saying words like we and us, when they mm-hmm. refer to the organization, that's when you know they have buy-in, that they have personal ownership. When they say you and them or name the place by name, They're like, you know, I'm here working, but I don't have buy-in. Just watch that very closely because at that point, you're going to know, do they feel vested and involved in the decision-making of what's going on? Now, granted, hey, there's there's rules, there's the legislation, there's that great term we say, Teagle, which I think is the only thing, you know, but (laughs) hey, I know we don't have a say in that, but we often have a say in how those things are implemented. And it's time that we involve those that it impacts. What you're talking about to me is, is that the point that we teach in, in a lot of our sessions is the, the cultural characteristic is, is shared identity, right? Like when you and I talk about 
I don't know. Like I, ha- I don't use the word I anymore. Like even, no, in e- we even and in us. E- yeah, even in emails, I'll say like, oh, thank you for contacting us, or like, oh, well, we right. we would love to do this, and and mm-hmm. it's kind, of, it always kind of sounds weird because I'm always like, I'll type an email, and I'm like, but it's just coming from you, but in my mind, there's always a we, right? Like there's, oh, yeah. always, it, it's like it's just always like, oh, we do this, and and I think it's because there is that shared identity, and I think, and granted, it's easier, I think, for us because we own our own company, we have our own vision mission values, right? We can implement what we want when we want to. We aren't really hemmed up by a lot of kind of these these systems that we can get trapped in. So I'm not trying to say like, oh, well, you guys just need to start doing this. I don't think it's that easy. But but I think what right. you said is important because if you want people to share your vision, you know, if you want people to like say, yeah, I, I believe in that and I, and I will follow you and I will do the hard work that it's going to take to make that vision a reality. Well, you have to get their input. They have to feel valued. Their ideas need to count because you might have a great idea, right? As a leader, but sometimes I don't know about you, but like, it's like a half an idea, right? Like, like it's this idea and it's maybe just like a seed of an idea, but like, and and what you need is other people with great ideas to come in and add on to that. So, and, and water it and tend to it and give it the sunlight and then grow it. Right. I mean, I think think that's one, you know, and I think that's the big difference that I'm seeing in between people that are super cutting edge, doing things way outside of the WIOA box, realizing the WIOA cannot be their only funding stream. And next month, actually, we're pretty excited because we're, we're going to have a guest on who's going to really talk about that. Um, and I think somebody who really has has figured that piece of it out, and I think could share a lot, but on that topic, but I think that's really what I'm talking about is this idea that if you're coming to the table with something as a leader, and you're saying to yourself, you know, I think I've got something here. The worst thing I think you could do, and this could be a pitfall, is outside of just demanding people do the work without understanding the vision. I think that's number one, avoid that. But number two is going off half cocked, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and then saying, implement this and and really not seeing the idea from all the angles, right? And and getting other people's input to say, yeah, I love that idea. If we just made this one small tweak and adjustment, it would be an amazing idea. Right now it's a good idea, but if we could just make this change, it would really benefit the people that we serve in in a more meaningful way. And I think that's why you want other people's input. You can't always, right? It's that thing, don't ever be the smartest person in the room. You know, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, but one thing about that, you never know who the other smart people are if you don't give them the right. opportunity to share their own ideas, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> because you might have what you believe to be a really good idea, and it really might be. Maybe the people around you have better ideas. Yeah, and, right? which, is, which is hard, I think, if you're somebody who allows their ego to, yep. over, to yep. override their expertise, right? And I think sometimes that can happen, especially, I think, with up-and-coming leaders. And I think it also happens, and, and I think the opposite of that happens when somebody, I think the transition from like private sector into government can be a real hard thing for leaders who are used to things I have an idea, yeah. I, you know, let's make it happen. Let's move. And yeah, and that's just not the pace. No. Of, as we would say in golf, that is not the pace of play in a lot of, uh, you know, uh, government ran systems. And so I think yeah. that there's some temperance that you have to have between having the ideas and running with it and understanding that there's going to be maybe some patience involved and some massaging of yeah. the situation and, and other people within the system around you who maybe aren't ready for your ideas. 
idea yet? And then how do you, so how do you get those people on board? I guess is my question, right? Is, is okay. I get how to get the employees on board now, right? Get them involved, do the day-to-day reacquaint yourself, ask yeah. for their input. But yeah. now you're in a system, let's say you got to go to the, the count, let's go to the board of supervisors now. How do you get, again, people on a board of supervisors, government system, as a leader, how do you get their input and get them to buy into this vision that you have for this idea so they can support you? What I see a lot of the time, which is like, it, it almost feels adversarial, even though you're all on the same team. Sure. Yeah, no, I think you do the same thing. So I look at it like the down the pipeline is kind of those you're supervising, leading, managing up the pipeline are those that you're going to have to answer to. But I think you bring in the the supervisor, the, the workforce development board director or president, inform them, keep them up to date, let them know where you're going, why you're doing it. And that doesn't mean daily reporting. But I think that when you can, and this is going to bring me to the third point, I think when people are caught off guard or, or, or surprised, there's a natural resistance like, what? You know, 100%, 100% where, agree with you. Whereas you're, we just said the second point is getting people involved and listening. Don't just come up with an idea and implement. Well, I think it goes the other way too. upwards. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, we're working on this right now as a team and we're going to have something we're bringing to you soon. And so any questions on that, you know, like yeah. keep them involved in abreast of what's going on. And it does bring me to the third and final point, because we want to definitely maintain this to around 30 minutes is leaders do not ever forget the power of building strong, healthy relationships. I'm just going to ask you this and you have to contemplate it. And I don't care if you're a manager, a supervisor, if your title's a COO, CEO, director, board president. If you're running an area, do you know the people that, whether they directly report to you or not, do they know you? Do you know them? Do you know even their first names or possibly like how long they've worked there? And that ability to build strong, healthy working relationships can truly set the foundation to allow the first two elements that we discussed to really flourish. And and, and here's how you might know that you're either doing a good job with this or not such a good job. When I was in a one-stop center, I can tell you that when, I won't even say which one because I've worked in a few, but when the director of the area showed up, everybody was on pins and needles and was like panicked. Yeah. Oh, I've had that feeling. I know that feeling. And the reason is, is because we didn't know them. I won't even say him or her. And they didn't know us. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that, naturally, there's not, and forgive me for the cliche word, the synergy needed to create innovative ideas and pathways because- We don't know each other. We haven't taken the time to truly make our team a real team. Mm -hmm. And so leaders, have you spent some just personal time like getting to know the people, whether they report to you directly or not, depending on your role? Have you just talked about normal stuff, not work? If, If I were a leader, I would make it a point at least once a month to walk through every center I had, to meet the, the employment services staff, to meet the intensive services, the, the training facilitators, their managers on a personal level, mm-hmm. to get to know them. Even though I might have the position or the title, this team values one another. And it doesn't matter whether I'm the director CEO or the person who just got hired in April, 
we're in it. And actually, I sense from you that you care about me. You know, it's so funny. You, as you were talking, I was having like these horrible flashbacks. So there's two points here. The, the one was the flashback where I have like PTSD from working for really terrible people. And it was like, it was like when they would call you and be like, Hey, I want to meet with you. And you'd get like the pit. Right. And you're like, and and you're like, wait a minute. And then you start in your, and then all of a sudden your head becomes the Rolodex of what could I have possibly done? Like what, what, what's, you know, and you start getting anxiety and you're like, Oh my gosh. And you're trying to like scour like the corners of your mind to think, what could I possibly be in trouble for right now? And then you go, wait a minute, I haven't done anything wrong. This feels like a very, this isn't a normal reaction when somebody just wants to have a conversation with you. What I didn't know at the time, because I was young, was that I felt that way because of that person who was in a manager or supervisor role who had no leadership skills, who never talked to me otherwise. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like they ever were like, oh, hey, how's it going, Tressa? You know, what's up? What do you do? Right. Right. There was never any, you know, or the meetings that we had, it wasn't ever like- Always business. It was, it was always business. But I think on top of that, it was, it was never about things like, Hey, it's your, it's your performance evaluation or, Hey, I want, I wanted not even that, like nothing formal. Why don't you come on in? How are you feeling about your work? Can I support you? Are you feeling productive? Are you feeling like you're in the right spot? Is there anything that we can do as an organization to help you grow? It was never conversations like that ever. It was like, they'd come in and be like the money. Okay, well, let's talk about the, yeah, the numbers, let's say, you know, and so (laughs) that, that when you were talking, I was like, yeah, that would have been nice if I would have like actually gotten to know them. Because I think the other thing about getting to know people is you, you start to understand their intentions. Is this a person I can trust? Is this a person that I can believe in? Is this a person who I know has my best interests at heart? when we're having interactions or it, you know, which leads me to my second point, which is it's one thing for them to know you as a leader. Oh, that's, that's Aaron. We know Aaron's the big boss. Oh, the big boss is coming. You ever hear that? The big boss is coming in tomorrow. I would be one who's saying it. Yeah, right. Exactly. But that isn't the same thing as knowing them. And that's a mutual, you know, you know, all really good relationships are mutual, right? They're mutually beneficial. There's a mutual understanding of one another, where that person's coming from, all those different things. And so to your point, I, I think that that's one of those things. As a leader, you also have to be aware of what you're kind of putting out there to people. You know, one of our clients, he's, he's amazing and he'll show up and we'll be training and he'll randomly be at one of the sites and he's like, and he'll pop in and it's like, we immediately go, do you want to talk? And he's like, oh, do you guys mind? We don't yeah, no, mind. You run afternoon. this place. Like, yeah, you can, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Please keep talking. We're fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but you, and I know, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. but he'll come in and he's so humble that he's asking us, the trainers that he's hired, by the way, to come in and provide this training to his staff. Do you mind if I take 10 minutes to talk with the folks that are here? And he does that. I mean, he's popped up at multiple trainings at multiple locations and he is the big boss. He is the owner of the company. It's, you know, he's not just a supervisor. Right or whatever. And when, and I think that his, the way that he humbles himself and he speaks from the heart and he puts his faith into people to implement his vision and make that vision a reality. And when, when we talk about him in context of our trainings, I don't think that I've heard not one person say a bad thing about him. And, you know, every time we say, oh, this person, and they're like, oh, we love him. Like we love him. And, and again, they might see him twice a year, three times a year for maybe 10 minutes. But when he comes into the building, nobody's afraid heads are going to roll. You know, that's right. not because they they don't get that sense from him. Um, and that to me is what I think good leadership is about. 
right? Because they're, you know, they, he's approachable and he's 100% believes in the mission that, that his organization is on. And it's in everything that he says. And when he addresses his staff and he walks through and says, hello, you know, you wouldn't know that he was the owner, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that those right. are the things that really, it's not this, I'm telling you from on high and you're going to go do as I say, it's, it's, Hey, we're all in this together and we're all trying to work towards the, the common good here. And this is how we can do it. And I, and I love that. I love that. So yeah, so recap the three points for me, just so we can close this out. Three really good uh, strategies for implementing great leadership style within your organization. Go, it's all you. (laughs) Number one is get back involved with the operations. And again, not doing the operations, but spend some time with those who are providing the services that you're overseeing or that you're directing and know what's actually happening in real time. The second is to involve your, I would say, employees or those that you lead. Bring them into the process of decision-making as well as those above you that you might have to get permission so everybody can have and feel as though they aren't just told what to do, but they're part of the process. And then the third, which kind of undergirds everything, is don't forget to invest in building strong working relationships. And at times, that's nothing more than clearing your calendar to a couple of hours a week or an hour a week to go and and get to know the people that are maybe really removed from you, actually. Let them see you, the real you, that you do care. If you're like, that would be different, good. Because yeah. we're, we're in a time that it changes regularly. But those three things are universal when it comes to building strong organizations and being a superior leader. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. We are going to wrap it up. I think this was a great discussion. A couple of things on the agenda. If y'all want to look at the website, tadgrants.com, we have an awesome uh, business engagement tour coming up in partnership with the Pennsylvania Workforce Development Association. That's PWDA. And you can look it up on our events site on our webpage, or you can go to the PWDA site that's coming up in October, I believe, September, October. Yep. September, October. And actually, we're going to do one in November too. So awesome. And finds three different locations. That's great. Okay, so that's coming up. We also have business services certification coming up in Pennsylvania as well. It is open to the public, and that's also available for those of you who are interested in getting your certification. Uh, that will be under the events page as well. Other than that, if you need anything from us, you usually know how to find us on LinkedIn or go to our website. You can always email us directly. And as always, have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you're listening to this during the week, if you are listening to this in your vehicle, drive safe. And if you are on vacation and listening to us, uh, drink a Mai Tai for us. So with that being said, y'all have a wonderful day. Take care until next time, everybody. Bye y'all.